open up for a few moments to the Psalms. If you don't know where they are, just put your finger right in the middle of the Bible and you should be there. Psalm 73. Once again, we welcome those of you that are watching through live stream, those of you that are here. Would you take a moment once again, please share this post. We appreciate it. We are going to look at Psalm 73. I've entitled my message this morning, God is. God is. My challenge to you this morning is to develop a mindset, a mentality of who God is. I think if you have walked with the Lord any length of time or if you understand and know anything about the mind, that it's critical that we realize how powerful our mind is. The scriptures tell us, as a man thinks, so is he. That the, where your thoughts go, that's where your life's going to go. Your thoughts determine the direction of your life. Whatever you are thinking about, that's the direction you will go in. And so we want to develop a mindset. A mindset. What is a mindset? A mindset is a pattern of thinking that is set. A mindset. It's the way we think. It's the mentality that we have. And we all have certain mindsets formed and fashioned maybe from our upbringing, our family, our experiences, our education, even uh, our spiritual formation. So your mindset is critical. Again, it's the way you think about certain things. It could be good, it could be bad, but it's just, it's the way you think. And, and the truth of it is, we all have a mind that is set, a mindset, a mentality. The way you think about money, the way you think about relationships, the way you think about family, the way you think about church. And so this morning, I want, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to, to have our minds formed in fashion today because it is so critical. The way we think affects the way we behave. What you think about, you will become. Isn't that true? And that's why this morning, as followers of Christ, as Christians, that we have a mindset that is rooted and grounded in the word of God. Amen? What does it say in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? We're going to have it up on the screen. Romans chapter 1, uh, 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Look at verse 2. And do not, say it with me, do not, hold it, hold it, you're getting ahead of me. <laughs> Conformed, uh, in the original language of Greek, which is the New Testament language, um, that word conform means to be pressed into a mold. Do not be pressed into a mold of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. And the transformation comes as our mind is renewed so that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. 
What does the word of God says? The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all according to all that is written in it. For then, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. What was God saying to Joshua? Joshua was at, was at a critical point, a critical time as he was about to take over after the death of Moses, take the children of Israel and go into the promised land, a promise that was 400 years in, in the making. And, and he was to divide the land. But if he was going to be successful, God says, you have to have a mind mindset. You have a, have to have a mentality that is according to the word of God. Deuteronomy 17. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures this morning. Why? Because I want you to get a mindset. I want you to get a mentality. Deuteronomy uh, 17. Now this is Moses writing and God was giving Moses the um, protocol for uh, a, a new king, for a king that would lead the people and it says, and it also shall be when he sits on the throne, who? The king of this kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites. Next verse, and it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord as God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes. That his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandments to the right or to the left hand, that he may prolong uh, his king days in his kingdom and he and his children in the midst of Israel. Go back to the first verse, verse um, 18. When he sits on the throne, the king, one of the first things he was to do, I mean, think about it, a king of a kingdom with, with a, a royal cabinet, with administration, with leadership, with economics, with uh, infrastructure, and all the responsibilities of king. You know what? The Lord said, the first thing I want him to do is I want him to sit down and write the law. Now, you know what the law was? We call it the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It would be known as the Torah to the Jewish people. Now, that, that's a lot. If you look in your Bible, Genesis, 50 chapters. Exodus. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You know, the Lord could have said, I'm going to have a copyist. I'm going to have a scribe who's going to write it for you and he's going to hand it to you. But that would have been easy. Here is a busy king. And the Lord said, I want you to write. You know how long it must have taken? You ought to try it to see how long it takes just to write Genesis 1. Why? Because God wanted to become his mindset, his mentality. How critical it is that you and I have this type of mindset of the word of God, that the word of God can renew our minds, redirect our minds, could confront bad thinking, could confront wrong thinking, can conform our minds around God's thoughts. You see, this is God's will for us. This is God's last will and testament. You have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament. And, and you see, uh, that's so critical to understand. This is God's will. Now, let me ask you, if you had a rich relative, multi-million dollars, and they had no other siblings, no other relatives, you were the only one. And you were called by the executor of the will to go to the law firm, to the, go to the law, law office, and they were going to read the will. 
do you think that you would fall asleep at the reading of that will? Do you think you would be on your phone scrolling social media? Do you think you would be distracted? No, you would not. You would be so focused because that's the last will and testament of your rich relative. And you're just hoping that they would say so-and-so of sound mind and sound judgment has spent it all. No, has left it all to you. This is God's last will and his last testament. Can you say amen? So this morning, I want to take a few moments just because I believe there are mindsets that are limiting you. There are mindsets that are holding you back. There are mindsets that are not true, that are false, false mindsets, false wrong mentality. And when you have a wrong mindset and a wrong mentality, it will affect how you live. Say amen because that's the truth. This is the truth, most definitely. A wrong mindset, a wrong mentality will affect you. There was once a little boy named Johnny. In these stories, the boy's name's always Johnny. And he was visiting his grandparents' farm. He was given a slingshot to play with in the woods. And he practiced and he practiced, but could never hit the target. Getting a little discouraged, he headed back to dinner. As he was walking back, he saw grandma's pet duck. Just out of impulse, he aimed, hit the duck square in the head, and killed it. And everyone says, he was shocked and grieved. In a panic, he hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to realize his sister was watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But to her surprise, Sally said, Grandma, Johnny told me he wanted to help you in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? And then she whispered to him, remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go out fishing. And Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help make supper. But Sally smiled and said, well, that's all right, because Johnny told me he wanted to help. And she whispered again, remember the duck. So Sally went fishing, and Johnny stayed in the kitchen. After several days of Johnny do doing both his chores and Sally's, he finally couldn't stand it any longer. He came to Grandma and confessed that he killed the duck. She knelt down, gave him a hug, and said, sweetheart, I know. You see, I was standing at the window and I saw the whole thing. But because I love you, I forgave you. And I've just been wondering, how long would you let Sally make a slave of you? <laughs> how about you this morning? Are you a slave to the memories in your past? Does Satan whisper in your ear, remember such and such? See, the mindset and the mentality that you and I have, Ephesians 4, 23 says, be made new in the spirit of your mind. Be made new this morning in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, as the word of God is coming forth, as you receive it by faith, as you say yes and amen, your mind can be renewed. You can have a different mentality.
And in this passage of scripture, you're saying, what about Psalm 73? I'm glad you asked. I want to look at one verse. Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly, God is good. Truly, God is good to Israel, to such are as pure in heart. It's critical that we start right there. God is good. Come on, let's go old school. God is good. All the time. Amen. It's critical that we start with God. You see, that's where the Bible starts. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. You know the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, verse 21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Do you know that in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus is called the Amen. So the Bible starts with, in the beginning, God. The Bible ends with Jesus as the Amen, God. The mindset that we have to have this morning that I want to just take a few moments to share with you is the mentality that God is good. You see, Psalm 73, if you have a little inscription on the top of the psalm in your Bible, it will say a psalm of Asaph. Now this was written by Asaph who was one, uh, this is one of 12 that he's written. If you, again, if you have a study Bible, you'll see it. And it's so important in reading the Bible that we study the scriptures. In our life group, we're having a great time with, with the men that meet together. And, and we're studying, and you know what? We're learning the scriptures. We're learning the life of David, not only from uh, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, but also from the Psalms, because we're able to connect the, the historical setting in the book of uh, Samuel with the Psalms that were written there at the same time. And you know what? That gives such, such depth to your experience, such, such light and revelation. Uh, and you're able to understand it and, and it's able to minister to you. So I encourage you, study God's word. And so the psalmist, Asaph, he is, is, is writing and composing this. And, and he was a musician. He was a, a psalmist during the time of King David. And here he's writing something. Now, I think I'm gonna take a few weeks on this psalm. Unless you want me to just take two hours, I can do it all now. But just take a few weeks on this theme, God is. And we're gonna walk through this psalm. This is one of the most powerful psalms. I believe if you come here every week and you read it and you listen, you will know the psalm like you never knew it before and it'll be a blessing, it'll be a, it'll be a, a sword in your quiver to, to, to pull out, to pull out, to fight against the lies of the enemy. But, but this psalm is written out of the depths of his experience. Asaph had wrestled with the tension between faith and doubt, between what you can see and in, in, in what you can't see, between the temporal and the eternal. And, 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 and he struggled with, with fear and unbelief, and he struggled with, with strength and weakness. And, and I just love the word of God, and I love the, the experience or the examples of those who, who had a struggle, people who tried to live for God, they tried to live by faith, and it wasn't easy. 
And you know, we wonder sometimes, we question, we struggle, and, and we get confused, and we, and we wonder, is it, are we going to be able to really live? I want to encourage you that as we look at the scriptures, God gives grace, God gives wisdom, God gives strength, but it doesn't mean there isn't a struggle. It doesn't mean there isn't a wrestling. And here's, here's the psalmist, and you know, he was a real person. He had uh, real questions, real issues. He wasn't out of touch with reality. Sometimes we tend to look at uh, the scriptures, the, the people in the Bible, like they, they had it all easy and they can't relate, but he was in the thick of it. He was where the rubber met the road. And this psalm reveals an ongoing struggle and a tension between, you know, uh, of living and walking by faith. You know, you know as Christians, we're... We're living a life of faith. We're believing in a God we can't see. We're hoping for a kingdom that we can't see. We're living according to truths or principles from the word of God that are in complete opposition to the ways of this world. And so we are, we're definitely not flowing and going, you know, uh, according to the current of culture and, and popular opinion. If anything, we're, we're going against the stream. So even in that sense, there's going to be, there's going to be a, a tension, right? There's going to be a conflict. But look how he starts off this psalm. And as, the next, as we get into it over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see it in a, in a greater way. And I really believe it's going to be helpful for you. But look how he starts. He says, truly, God is good. Truly, God is good. See, for, for the psalmist, it was testimony time. And he stood up in the assembly, and he said, God is good. And everybody said. You see, he declares it, he testifies it, he knows it. It was his firm conviction. It was a statement of faith. But it was also a mentality that he had, a mindset, a pattern of thinking that was set. Brothers and sisters, as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to come to that place. You have to have that conviction for yourself. You can't just learn it in a, in a Bible class. You can't just listen to it on the internet. You can't just see a, a post on social media. That could be all well and fine. But you have to have to come to a conviction for yourself that you know that you know that you know that God is good. That it's not just something you say because you heard somebody else say it, but it's something that you know deep down inside. And I remember as a young believer, I was uh, born again at the age of 17, just a couple of months before I turned 18 years old. Young, I didn't, have, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't have the encouragement of family or anybody to go to church. I, di I didn't see that or know that or have that. But as God began to work in my life, I remember as, as, as a young person, 18 years old, coming to church, kneeling at an altar, kneeling in front during times of prayer and just praying and just seeking God. And you know what I began to experience that so pro profoundly impacted my life? I began to experience the goodness of God. And I remember Sensing and knowing and experience as I was praying God's goodness in my life. And you know what that did? That motivated me to want to serve him more. 
because I realized, wow, God, you're so good. I want to serve you. I want to give myself to you. And please understand, I didn't have the background. I didn't come from a Christian home. I didn't have a lot of what uh, the privilege or the blessing some of you have had growing up in a church, but it was at those times I experienced the goodness of God. And you know what it was doing to me? It was turning my heart more to God. You know what Romans 2 verse 4 says? It says, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. See, when you experience God's goodness, it begins to work in your heart to soften you, to change you, and you begin to release things to God. You begin to have power you never thought you had before. Addictions, habits begin to, begin to fall off of you because you begin to surrender and give yourself to God, and it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. What does that mean? It means you begin to change. You begin to turn towards God. And we must experience and come to know for ourselves that God is good. Romans 11.22 says, consider the goodness of God. You know what consider means? Think carefully about, typically before making a decision. So there are some times in your life you just need to consider before you make a decision, before you change, before you do anything that you might regret, consider the goodness of God. Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have fainted unless I had believed. I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So what does that tell us? An expectation of God's goodness keeps us from losing heart, keeps us from giving up. Psalm 31, 19. God has laid up goodness for those who trust him. Psalm 33, verse 5. The earth is full of God's goodness. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. amen. Psalm 52 verse 1 says, The goodness of God endures continually. Amen. Psalm 65 verse 11, God crowns our years with goodness. Psalm 107 verse 9, God fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalm 107 in three different places. Verse 8, 15, 21 says, Give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. My question to you this morning, what is your mindset during a pandemic? Is God still good? When there, is, there are racial injustices and senseless and tragic killings, isn't God still good? When things seem to be getting so much worse in our world. Isn't God still good? Anxiety and depression has skyrocketed. Listen to this statistic. Anxiety and depression has skyrocketed among young people during the last six months. Listen. Anxiety rates among young adults went from 8% to 25%. Depression quadrupled. During the last six months, depression amongst young adults went from 6% to 24%. Young people, old people, everyone in between are loaded with anxiety and depression over what's going on 
in the world. Now, if you watch the news, you, you, you will be worried. And, and, and don't misunderstand me. This is an intense time. We're going to be honest. I mean, this pandemic, the, 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 all that's going on in, in our cities, in our world, all that, the evil and the injustices and, the, and all that's going on. I mean, it's, it's serious. But when you watch the news, you know what? Good news doesn't sell. Bad news sells. Bad news keeps the ratings going. Do you notice like on the nightly news they'll have what they call good feeling stories? You know, uh, it's usually one or two minutes at the end of the 30 minutes of bad news. Why? Because good news sell. Bad news is what keeps breaking news. It's not breaking news something good happened. It's breaking news something bad happened. So if you continue to, if you watch more news and listen to more of social media and all of the reports, you are going to be anxious and depressed. Am I saying don't listen? Am I saying don't be up to date? Am I saying not be aware? No, I'm not saying that. Don't misquote me. Don't misunderstand me. You can't misquote me because you can watch it again. <laughs> but what I'm saying is have a mentality, have a mindset that God is good. Amen. Truly God is good. Truly, God is good. You see, that's why we need God's word that has been tested and it has been proved. We are living in a day and an age where even in Christian circles, the word of God is not given the preeminence and the prominence it ought to be, it ought to have. We need the word of God. We need to hear the word of God. And, and, and we need a foundation that is strong during this pandemic. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This is not the first pandemic, not the first crisis. This is not the first challenge this, this world has ever seen. Throughout history, there have been bad things that have happened. And I am not minimizing one iota what's going on now. But the point I'm trying to make is God is still on the throne. God is still good no matter what season we're going through. The psalmist said, I would have fainted. I would have given in to the evil. I would have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Brothers and sisters, young people, older folks, all of you in between, I'm in between. Let's believe to see God's goodness. Let's believe somehow, some way, if we believe in the Bible that says God is good. Does it mean bad things won't happen? Of course not. Does it mean things won't look ugly? Of course not. But as the people of God, somehow, some way, we pray, we believe, we work towards social justice. We pray, we believe, we work towards changing things. We pray, we believe, but we exalt God and we say God is good. And I close with this thought. The Bible says no weapon, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon, no pandemic. Isn't that what the word of God says? 
At this church, I, I, I want to say it again, I believe we're doing better than, than Home Depot, Walmart, and Stop and Shop and Shores. I believe, I still go to these places and I don't see hand sanitizers. You know, they're telling me, oh, we ran out. Well, go to aisle seven. Get a new jar off the shelf. You don't have it. What do you mean? You're, you're, you're Home Depot. I believe here at Victory, we, we're doing our best to keep you safe. You could come back to church. Those of you that are watching live stream, we love you. We're glad you're watching. And those of you that can't make it back, we understand. But some of you need to come back in Jesus' name. We're using wisdom, but we're also having faith. Amen? We believe in using wisdom. I believe we're doing a great job. I believe we're, we're all wearing masks. We're, we're sanitizing ourselves. We're taking temperatures. We're going, coming in one way, going the, out the other way. What more can we do? Live in a bubble? Amen? But we worship God. We say true, through it all, God is good. Truly, God is good. So no weapon, no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. No pandemic. No racial injustice. No attack of the devil. No weapon formed against me. Even when there seems to be no way, God will still make a way. God is still good no matter what you're going through. Can you stand together with me this morning? Don't stop clapping. Would you give God a clap of praise? Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I want to do in closing, I want to pray over you. And I want to pray that you get a revelation of the goodness of God. Maybe in the, the, the stillness of this moment as the scriptures are read, Maybe this week, heaven will come down and kiss you. God will come down and embrace you and will show you your goodness. Maybe it's in the midnight hour, you're laying in bed, you're going through so much, but you, you hear the, the whisper of the Spirit. You hear the comfort and you sense the comfort of the Holy Spirit and you sense God, God's goodness. The psalmist said, Psalm 23, surely, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Does that mean there won't be pressure? Does it mean there won't be suffering? Does it mean that you won't go through heartache? Yes, you will, but God's goodness will follow you. God's goodness will be with you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for everyone that is listening here in this place by live stream, God, we pray for the goodness of God to be revealed in the badness of their situation. We pray for the goodness of God to be realized in what they're going through. God, as we believe you, as we trust you, as we turn to you, God, even this morning, in the name of Jesus, Minister your goodness. Lord, touch every person, God, from the youngest to the oldest. Father, touch every man, woman, boy, and girl. Father, minister to them your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. May you see and live out the goodness of God today. In Jesus' name, amen.